I've got a story for you, and it's one of the experiences which drives me most with Exposure Ninja. So about four or five years back, I was talking to a lovely lady who got in contact with us, and she ran a travel firm. Very sweet lady, but not particularly digital savvy. She would be the first to admit. And she ran this travel firm. They did lots of different tours, and she needed a website to promote this business. So she'd gone to a website development agency who had built her a site and offered to do some SEO for her. Now, she didn't know what to expect pricing or contract wise for this sort of thing. So the website firm had managed to persuade her to pay for the site upfront, then pay for the SEO and then pay a kicker on every lead that their SEO generated for her. So on the surface of it, it's pretty aggressive. But you know, as long as they're driving leads, as long as they're, it's just share of the upside, right? Well, except that she didn't have access to the website. She didn't have even access to the analytics to see where these leads were coming from. And she had no way of verifying whether the leads were coming from SEO or whether they were coming from other sources. And in fact, as it turned out, when we looked, they were coming from all over the place. She was paying a commission on every single lead that her website was generating for her. But because the website company owned the site and wouldn't give her access, she had no choice. She was locked into this thing. Now, this is one story in a sea of stories over the years of terrible experiences that people have had with web development firms. There are countless other examples and potholes to avoid if you're embarking on the dangerously perilous project of rebuilding or building a website. So today we're going to outline some of the mistakes to avoid and some of the red flags to look out for before embarking on a website development project. Hopefully it's going to help you avoid some of the mistakes that we've seen made over the years. And there's a few good stories thrown in for measure as well. So if you're sitting comfortably, let's begin. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm CEO of Exposure Ninja. Don't call myself Head Ninja these days, but that's also what I am. This show, like the whole podcast, like Exposure Ninja, is all about helping you to generate more leads and sales from your website. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about how to avoid bad web design agencies. Now, bad, Tim, this is surely very subjective. Well, yeah, potentially, but actually, I don't think it really is. Because here's the thing, I think your website should do three things. Firstly, it should be rankable. Now, it's not often possible to just build a website which immediately ranks for everything, especially if you're in a market with any competition whatsoever. But the site should be rankable. It should be built with SEO in mind. You should be able to do the things that you need to do to get that site ranking. The second thing your site needs to do is it needs to set a good first impression. First impressions are super important. We are all horribly judgmental creatures and we are judging businesses on the quality of their design all day long. That's just what we do. We cannot avoid it. So your site needs to set a good first impression. It needs to be attractive. And thirdly, but potentially most importantly, your site needs to convert traffic into leads or sales. Without that, it is completely useless. So I would argue that any website that isn't designed with these three things in mind is bad. This is how I'm defining bad. <laughs> and any firm that consistently builds sites that don't have these three targets is therefore bad. So that's what we're going to avoid. So how do you avoid bad? Well, got a little joke for you. Have you heard the one about the website launch that got delayed? It's not a joke. Yeah, of course you have. So websites have a bit of a tendency of going over deadlines. And the number one factor that causes website projects to get delayed is 
lack of process. Sites are ridiculously complicated things to build, and that's coming from a firm that builds a lot of websites. We've built hundreds of sites over the years, and I've built many sites myself. A website involves lots of specialist skills coming together. Design, development, conversion, user experience, content, SEO, potentially you know, if there's complicated functionality, you've got different types of integrations that are going on in the background. You've got tag management, you've got all sorts of um, analytics and heat mapping that needs to be built in. All of this needs to come together. And if the firm that you're looking at doesn't have a clear process, it's an absolute recipe for disaster. So just to give you a bit of an indication, because this stuff might feel a bit kind of theoretical, when we're building a, a bespoke website, there's broadly seven phases. First stage, research. Second stage, wireframing. This is where you design with no colors, no pictures. It's just layout, just so people can see where the flow of the page goes. Third phase is design. This Some people start with design phase, absolute nightmare. So design is the third phase. This is where you build a picture, basically, of what the site will look like. Then phase number four is building and any coding integration stuff that needs to go on. Then you've got pre-live quality checks, post-live quality checks, and then finally step number seven is a post-launch performance improvement. So this is a long process. Yes, you can shorten the process for simplified sites. So we also build sites that are built on like a, a conversion framework that we've designed and they can be much quicker. But even so, there are no fewer than four phases in a website process. So my first tip, if you're choosing a web development agency is talk to them and ask them what their process is now, you're not looking for someone who says, uh, 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 we don't have any process, right? You're listening for any hesitation in this answer at all or any blagging in this answer at all. So if they say, uh, uh, well, 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 first we, we, we sometimes do this and then we, do, right, no, 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 kill it, kill it. This needs to be a well-proven process with standard operating procedures at every level. If they haven't done enough site builds to get that in place, look elsewhere. And by the way, you might also be listening to this thinking, wait, Tim, this is a huge conflict of interest. You run a firm that builds websites for people. You are surely just going to recommend that everyone has their websites built by Exposure Ninja. Well, we do build some decent sites. It's true. But here's the thing. There are 200 million active websites out there on the internet, apparently. There's over a billion total websites, but a lot of them aren't active. 200 million active websites. Now, we here at Exposure Ninja are good, but we cannot rebuild all 200 million. We are going to have to share the work with some of the other fabulous web development firms out there. So when we're running the digital marketing for our clients, often we'll spend a lot of time and energy battling their poor performing websites. So it actually really helps us if everyone has nicely built sites which are built using these, uh, or avoiding these potholes which I'm telling you about today. So let's just get it done properly. I don't care where you build your websites. Exposure Ninja does fantastic ones, high converting ones that rank well, but we are only one of many different options out there. Okay, so no conflict of interest. Well, slight conflict of interest, but total honesty. Step number two to avoiding a bad website development agency is make sure they are doing their research. Now, a few years back, I wanted to get a site built for a personal project. So I decided, as this was going to be a relatively straightforward site, I decided, oh, this, you know what, this would be a really good example or a really good opportunity to test Exposure Ninja's processes against uh, another firm out there, just see what other people are doing. So I sent the same brief to Ian as I sent to this other firm. Now, to my amazement, the other firm sent me back a full design within a week right? This is way quicker than any design that we do with Exposure Engine. We go through a much more detailed process. They sent me though a full design back within a week. I was stunned. This thing looked good. It looked beautiful. I was in love with the visuals. But the trouble is that because I knew about conversion and because I knew about the business I was looking to get this site built for, I knew that this site would fail. 
There is no way this site would have ever generated a single conversion, and I mean that completely honestly. So whilst they designed a pretty picture, what they'd actually done was just put uh, use a template, which they've already got loads of design templates built already, and they just slotted in some different words, put in the logo, whacked in a few unique pictures, and then off we go. Job done. Well, job not done because they didn't understand the business. They didn't understand what the competition was doing. They didn't understand what the industry looked like. They didn't understand what the pain points of the potential customers were. They didn't understand the goals that the potential customers were reaching out to. They didn't understand the sales process and how they needed to have a call to action that represented the first step of the sales process. They didn't understand the objections that needed to be handled in order for that person to even request the first step. You get the gist. They'd gone straight to design. They would have happily gone straight into build and the whole thing would have been a total failure. If the web design firm doesn't grill you on a call or send you some really long ass questionnaire that takes ages to fill in, or like we do at Exposure Ninja, we do both. We'll send you a long old questionnaire and we'll get you on a call to grill you even more. We're looking to get all of this information about your business, understand the pain points, all of that type of stuff. If the firm doesn't get that information, how are they possibly going to represent the business. So there's lots of different ways of doing this, but make sure, make sure when you're out there choosing a web design firm, they are doing their research first. If they send you a design first, just kick it back and say, hold on me amigo, you need to understand my business first. Okay, tip number three, make sure they understand multiple industries. Now a few years back, it was all a trend for niche specific design firms. So if you wanted a dentist website, you'd go to one of the dental specialist firms. If you wanted a legal website, you'd go to a legal specialist firm. And these firms would basically bosh out template focused sites, which they had like a few options for each different industry, or they had a few options for the industry that they were in. And then when you signed up, whether you knew it or not, you'd get option one, two or three. And because all the content was basically the same, they just have someone that rewrote it slightly and then they'd sell it to you. So great, kinda. Great for them because the margins are ridiculous because it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Sort of great for you because yes, they kind of understand your industry, but here's the catch. Now, I personally, this is how I got started. Between 2010 and 2012, I built sites for tradespeople like plumbers, heating engineers, roofers, plasters, all these types of people. And I did exactly the same thing. So I had a few different templates which I'd use and based, you know, I can write about Valent approved a boiler installation until the cows come home because I wrote about it for dozens of different businesses. So whilst that niche specific knowledge really helped me to sound like a native in the boiler engineer space or whatever, actually it wasn't the best service that I could have been offering. And I didn't realize this until later on, until Exposure Ninja grew and we started building sites for lots of different types of industries. Because it wasn't until I started building or we started building, uh, for example, e-commerce sites or lead generation sites in different markets. And we did lots of competitor analysis in different industries that we started to really, truly understand conversion rate optimization. So whilst these trade sites did a decent job, the sites that we were able to build a few years later after we'd studied all of these other industries and broadened our knowledge were so much better because we had such a wider range of expertise to draw from. For example, the objection handling that legal lead gen uses that we learned in the PPI industry. Well, it turns out that this stuff can be really useful in the second step of a two-step checkout for e-commerce, right? Because if someone's going through a checkout process, they might be starting to have objections or they might start to have questions in the second step of that process. 
well, you can use the objection handling stuff from legal lead gen. Ecom benefits bars. So on an e-commerce site, you might have a benefits bar. These started popping up in the kind of mid 20 teens. Well, they can also work really well for lead gen sites. So you can get this kind of cross-pollination of different ideas which can actually help you do something that's completely unique and better in your industry than just option three of the dentist website, which looks exactly like every other dentist website. And nobody has, you know, you get the villagers where nobody ever leaves the village, right? And there's a certain type of characteristic of the people in the village. Well, this allows you to be much more cosmopolitan and draw from all of the different winning formulas that people have discovered across different industries. And by the way, if you want an example of how cross-industry specialism principles can work, check out the free website and marketing review from Exposure Ninja. So if you haven't already, we offer a free website and marketing review um, to people who fill in a form on our website. So you go to ExposureNinja.com, you fill in the form, and it asks you a few questions about your business and your digital marketing. Truth be told, we barely even need to ask you the questions in order to do the review for you. The only reason we ask you the questions is to get your goals to judge how aggressive you want to be with your marketing. But in all honesty, we've looked at so many sites across different markets that when we look at a new site, we can predict how well it's going to be doing, what its conversion rate is going to be. We know its traffic sources before we've even checked the traffic sources most of the time because we've programmed our internal AIs with so much information from thousands and thousands of websites and website reviews over the years. And this allows us to give feedback that's not just industry specific to other, you know, from other businesses in your industry, but give you feedback about how to improve your website's performance in the traffic channels based on all our research and all our analysis and understanding across all of the industries that we work in. So if you haven't already requested your free website and marketing review, go to exposureninja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review today. Okay, pothole to avoid number four. I really need to stick with the same metaphor here, but we're going with potholes from now. So make sure that your web design agency isn't tied into one specific platform. Okay, I've got another story for you. So I'm the sort of person that's always keeping an eye out for businesses to buy. Okay, we've looked at dozens of different agencies over the last couple of years, particularly since coronavirus, when a lot of the uh, more poorly run agencies went to the wall because they weren't looking after their finances or whatever. And one morning, a broker reached out to me with a, a business that, that definitely needed saving. So this was one that had been put into administration. They were selling the assets. So it piqued my attention, of course. And when I looked into it, basically what this business had done is they'd built uh, an e-commerce platform. And uh, for those who don't know the world of e-commerce platforms, so you know, you've got things these days like Shopify and WooCommerce and Magento and BigCommerce. But back in the day, a lot of um, smaller firms built their own e-commerce platforms before it kind of consolidated and we had like a few winners. So there are loads of these platforms out there. And what often happens is somebody, one person would build a platform. They would then start to sell client sites built on this platform. Over time, their client base would grow, but their expertise would start to become less and less and less relevant, which means they struggle to keep these platforms up to date. So they became more and more obsolete. Eventually, it would get to a stage where they couldn't afford to maintain the platforms anymore, or the finances of the business didn't work, or something happened with the business, and they just fold. And this was one of those examples. So this business had dozens of 
different businesses using their bespoke, their custom, their website platform. So they'd gone into administration, the whole platform had been closed down. The only person that knew how to run this platform was the person who'd started the business who was now exiting. And all of these companies, the only thing that they were left with like yesterday, they had a website that worked and they were selling products on their website. Today, they have no website and their details are just being sold through administration to somebody like me who will just offer to build them a new website to get their business back up and running. And it scared the life out of me because so many businesses are having their sites built on platforms which are one update or one person's health scare away from being completely obsolete. And it is no way to do business. So agencies sometimes specialize in building on one particular platform. That is sort of okay. But really, if you're having a new site built, when you're asking the firm which platform you should get the site built on, they should be weighing up some different options for you. They shouldn't just be saying, well, you need to build it on my platform or our platform because it is the only one. You don't know the finances of that business. You don't know what they've got in store for that. You don't know what updates are going to happen to that that could make that thing obsolete. If you're going to hitch your wagon to anything, then either my advice is either to hitch it to something open source, WordPress, very unlikely that it's going to go away. If it did, it would probably splinter. You know, it's open source. So there's always going to be someone maintaining it. Or something like if you're going to back a winner, pick Shopify. They are huge. They're getting huger. It's so unlikely that Shopify is going to die. You'd be hitching your wagon to the same cart, same horse as other reputable businesses that are also high growth as well. But for goodness sake, do not go to these dodgy little firms who've built their own platforms. Just avoid that stuff like the plague. And another thing to let you know, lots of agencies, if they specialize in one platform, they will be taking a kickback from any subscription fees that you pay to that platform. So if, for example, you're a, so we're a Shopify partner agency. So if we build a site on Shopify, Shopify then pays us a fee, um, a component of our client's subscription to Shopify. Now that's okay because it doesn't cost the client anything more. That money would just be going to Shopify otherwise. But when we're having those conversations with the client about which platform to choose, you need to know that the agency might be getting a kickback from one or the other platform. When we're recommending a, a project to someone and we're choosing a platform, like our, our consultancy team doesn't have any visibility. They don't get incentivized to choose one platform or another. We make that process completely opaque to them so that they just recommend the platform that's right for the business, not the platform that's right for us, because that would suck. Step number five, pothole number five, thing number five, branding. Your site is your store's shop front or your business's shop front, right? It, the first impressions are really useful. It needs to look good. It needs to represent you. So what I would advise is if you don't already have up-to-date brand guidelines, so thinking things like the color schemes that you're using, what are your main colors, your accent colors, an up-to-date version of your logo that you're proud of, your tone of voice, the wording that you use, the phrases that you use, that type of stuff. If you don't have up-to-date brand guidelines, it can be a good idea to get them sorted before the build because your website should be using your brand guidelines. Okay, what you don't want to do is get your website built and be like, ah, do you know what? I think our colors need an update and then back through the whole process that you go. So we'll often do brand guidelines as a kind of first step on a website build. But one of the things to watch out for is that very technical agencies will sometimes miss this stuff. They sometimes deprioritize the branding and the look and feel side of things in favor of the technical side. Now, the technical side is important, but we all know that there are two types of people in this world. You've got the creatives and you've got the technical folk. And the creatives often miss some of the technical stuff and the technical stuff often miss some of the creative stuff. 
So you need to work with a firm that has skill sets in both of these areas so that they're both gunning for the creative and the technical and the creative isn't being sacrificed. Make sure that you've got your brand guidelines sorted. We are all opinionated, judgmental monsters making snap assessments about each other and the products that we buy based on very narrow first impressions. That's just how us humans work. If you've seen us at a show or you've seen a presentation from me, you, we, we sometimes play a fun game where we have two websites, website A and website B on the screen. Website A looks horrible, website B looks lovely. And I ask the audience lots of questions. Which of these has the best product? Everyone says website B. Which of these has the best service? Website B. Which of these has the cleanest staff toilets? Website B, it looks so beautiful. Of course it has clean staff toilets. Which of these is the most, uh, you know, has the most cash in the bank? Website B, look at it, it's beautiful. And you know, the punchline at the end of this is they are both the same business. This is just a before and after of their website redesign. So everyone has judged website B to be a better business with more funding, cleaner staff toilets, better Christmas parties, you know, more generous staff pension allowances. You know, whatever we ask them, they say website B, yeah, website B looks great. And it's purely based on the design. So good design conveys quality. We cannot escape from this. This is just built into us as humans. So it needs to look sick. Step number six, pothole number six, thing number six, conversions and functionality. So design is really important, but design is not the most important. The most important consideration for your website is the conversion optimization and the user experience. This is what your site is here for. I published a TikTok a few weeks back telling a story about a client from, I'm going to guess, say 2015, 2016. This firm came to us. They were a, a relatively um, unglamorous business, let's say, in, in legal. And they specialized in a particular legal service. And they'd had this website built by this French design agency. This thing was absolutely stunning. Stunning. This thing was beautiful. It was a work of art. It was like um, it was like some sort of uh, engaging visual experience. So as you scroll down the page, all these elements would fly in and scroll up and reveal themselves. You know, these colored bubbles would part and you'd see this information pop out. And the menu system was this crazy technical thing where you click this this little, um, this little mystical icon at the top and their menu options all came out like in a cascade of beauty. And I looked at this thing and thought, wow, as long as I live, I will never create anything this beautiful. But I said to the, to the guy running the business, you can imagine what he thought of me. I said, as soon as I saw this, you're going to have to get this thing redesigned because it's a work of art, but your potential customers aren't going to know where to start with this thing. He was like, well, yeah, but it's won Webby Awards. This thing is, all and it had, it had won loads of design awards. It was you know, touted as the future of the internet and all this stuff. But the trouble is, when people are looking for a solicitor to help them with it, they're not looking for a visual experience. They're not looking for someone who's pushed the boundaries of HTML. They're looking for, do you do what I need? Have you removed the objections? What's the compelling next step? Right? That's what they're looking for. None of this other stuff matters at all. As long as the first impression is solid, from there, the design should fade into the background and then it's all about conversion and usability. So, Yes, your site needs to look good, but that can't be all there is to it. It's just like hiring salespeople, right? A salesperson who looks really good, looks presentable, but can't sell is no better than a salesperson who looks like they've just slept in their car and also can't sell, right? The point is both of them fail because they can't sell. So if your site has great first impressions, but is a conversion dud, it doesn't really matter that it has great first impressions because it's a conversion dud. So building a, a website for conversion rate in UX is no joke. 
like I said at the start, when, when I built websites for tradespeople re- in the really early days of Exposure Ninja, I knew the basics of conversion optimization. I tweaked a few, you know, built enough sites that I knew broadly what these things needed to do. But 10 years later or 12 years later, we are still learning. One of our team is going off to do a PhD in conversion because we are still learning. We are still testing and tweaking new things. Now we've done tens of thousands of website reviews, many of them with Google Analytics. So we're looking at the site, we're looking at the analytics data, we can figure out what the commonalities are amongst the highest performing sites. We've done tens of thousands of studies of different websites in different industries. We've looked at heat map recordings across hundreds of clients. We've got user testing videos, we've got split tests. This is the work that needs to go into truly understanding conversion rate optimization and user experience. So this isn't the sort of thing that you can just like, oh, I'm going to read a book on it. And over three hours, I'm all right, great. Now I've got UX. So I've already got this amazing design experience. Now I've got UX experience as well. Bosh, let's go. So this stuff really needs to be front and center to any pitch that you're getting from a web design firm, whether it's Exposure Ninja or anybody else. So I hope you found this useful. There are six steps there or six tips, potholes, whatever. Firstly, they need to have a really clear, well-defined process with SOPs. If your project's going to run smoothly, somebody needs to be on top of this and you need an organized army sergeant who knows exactly what's going on because these sites are complex projects. Secondly, you need to make sure the process starts with research. If you're getting a design after a week, something's going wrong or something's about to go wrong. Thirdly, you need to make sure the business understands multiple industries. Niche specific is great to a point but how much more powerful if they can take the learnings from loads of different industries and markets. Fourthly, make sure that you're using a platform which is future-proof and that the agency is recommending the platform on good criteria, not because it's their internal platform because they know you're going to be trapped in it or they're getting a fat kickback, so they're of course going to be recommending it. Fifthly, make sure that the branding and the look and feel is absolutely stunning. You need to be so proud of your website that when you go home at night, you can't wait to show everyone, that when you meet someone, you get your phone out and you show them your website because you're so proud of how this thing looks. But finally, number six, you need to make sure that this thing above all is built for conversion and user experience. Without that, the whole exercise is totally pointless. Now, there's actually a whole bunch more tips. We've put together a book that you can download. Um, there's another 15 tips to avoid tips or potholes to avoid. Uh, So go to the description for this podcast episode or search for um, how to choose a web design agency, Exposure Ninja, and you'll find it. Until next time, take care.